0: The parables of Jesus are surprising to us for many reasons, but not least of all because they are almost entirely secular. There's so- stories about um, about women and coins and shepherds and sheep, farmers and seed. There are things that um, that are just part of everyday life, as if someone would hear this and think, "Oh, well, this is nothing spiritual at all. It's just the guy's talking about some woman who lost some money or." A shepherd who lost a sheep or whatever. Jesus tells these stories that are very much workaday world kind of stories. Um, I imagine today if he was telling a story, a, a parable, it might come out like this. so there was a certain nurse who went into the hospital or you know there was a certain engineer who was designing a circuit. Uh, there was a banker who was counting her deposits. you know they would just be this sort of things that you would you would think, oh well this is just stories about life. Uh, Eugene Peterson says that these were intentionally designed this way. They were, they were meant to distract people with the, uh, the secular nature of them, to make them think that it was just about these uh, sorts of little life stories, little, little everyday kind of workaday world stories. But they were like time bombs. They were, they were set off, you know, by a certain amount of time as the people got further and further away. All of a sudden somebody would say, Hey, he wasn't talking about farmers and seed at all. He was talking about God. It was a, it was sort of a aha moment that would take place. He was only ever really talking about God. Today's gospel lesson is just like that. Um, Jesus is, um, is preaching to a large crowd. Matthew tells us twice there was this massive crowd that had gathered to hear him. But if you were to read carefully the preceding chapter, chapter 12, Jesus is making enemies. He's made enemies of the religious traditionalists, these people called the Pharisees. He has several times flouted their rules about Sabbath observance, which is a big deal in ancient Israel. And they're sort of the, the Sabbath police and he's doing exactly what he's not supposed to be doing, and they're angry with him. They're so angry, they say that he's a messenger of Satan. That's how angry they are. He's also um, made other enemies, uh, even his own family seems um, a little bit uh, uh, perturbed by him, that maybe he has lost his mind at the end of chapter 12. By the time we get to the end of this chapter, chapter 13, he's not welcome in his hometown. So you have this sort of, Tension. On the one hand, the crowds are gathering to hear him. On the other hand, he's being rejected and, um, and despised by some people. It seems like for every new follower he gets, he sheds a few more. So it's this constant. And I, I just thought about this emotional toll that it would take just on a human to at one hand be, you know, um, uh, given great accolades and, and respect, be called teacher. And how, on the other hand, at the very same time, people who should have every reason to think highly of you call you Satan. How emotionally troubling that might have been for him. But in this lesson, in this particular passage, Matthew says, The crowd is gathered, they're on the lake shore. Jesus climbs up into a boat and uses it as a makeshift pulpit, and the people remain standing on the beach. And here's what he says, listen, a sower went out to sow. Now, we wouldn't say it like that. We would say a farmer went out to scatter seed or something like that. Um, And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. And other seed fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seed fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold and some sixty and some thirty. Let anyone who has ears listen. (laughs) We're not talking about farmers and seed, right? This is if you have ears, pay attention. There's nothing entirely esoteric about this lesson, either, is there? Jesus isn't talking about how, you know, I don't know, um, an heiress participle functions. He's not talking about the military uh, strategy and tactics of Attila the Han. There's nothing that he's talking about that causes anybody to have any great deal of insight. It's just about farmers scattering seed. I grew up in the city. I, I mean, I grew up in the inner city. But you didn't have to get very far out of Springfield or Dayton before you saw these massive fields of corn and soybeans. So even growing up as a kid, you know, right out of town, and and suddenly you're in farmland. And and in southern Ohio, the land is a lot flatter. And so these fields look like they would go on for miles, miles and miles of corn or soybean you could see. And every year... Even city kids kind of knew what was going on. You'd see the, the farmers out with their combines, you know, harvesting corn and soybean. In the spring, you'd see them with their tractors and their, their plowing and, and planting. And, and so you knew what was going on. It, it, it and was, it was part of the, the rhythms of life. And in Jesus' world, it's a very agrarian world. Everybody's a farmer. I mean, everybody has a little garden. Everybody plants. Even people who aren't farmers know about farming. And so it doesn't take much imagination for his hearers you know, to sort of see a farmer going about planting, planting seed. And they would have known that this farmer didn't have a tractor. He didn't have any kind of equipment. He probably had a donkey, right? And he probably had a plow behind it. And so... In the spring, I suppose it's in the spring, uh, this farmer's out plowing his field with his donkey and his his plow. And then afterward, he has this bag that goes over, um, like a purse. Or, or maybe when I was a kid, um, I used to deliver newspapers. And had this big bag that kind of went over your shoulder and it had all the newspapers in it. Frank, did you have a newspaper bag like that? Yeah, you'd reach down in and, and you'd pull out a newspaper and toss it up onto the porch. This farmer has seed in a bag like that. And he's reaching down in that bag and he's scattering seed. Where is he scattering? He's scattering it right on the area where he's just plowed. But as he's walking along, the imagination doesn't hit. Some seed is spilling out along the hard ground on the path where he walks from, from the farm to the land. Sometimes between the two roads where it hasn't been plowed, it falls down there. And sometimes he tosses it out and it lands on, on these really rocky parts of the soil And other times, you know, he throws it among the weeds. So it's going in all these different places. And the image in the mind of the listener is very easy to imagine. The lesson is just this. Sometimes the seed falls where it doesn't grow. Sometimes the seed falls where it doesn't grow. Sometimes the farmer tosses it out and just lands on hard ground or rocky ground or weedy ground. It's not in the the rows that he's just plowed. And what's the point? That you need good soil to grow plants. That's it, right? This is a simple agrarian lesson. But it's never just a simple agrarian lesson. It's never about the thing that he's talking about. It's always, every time, about God and about the life That the Spirit has in us. And like a time bomb, this is going to go off. Jesus doesn't explain it to the crowds. He explains it to his friends later. And here's what he says. Hear the parable of the sower. Or or, pay attention. Listen to this parable. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. That's the seed, isn't it? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom. We would say the message of the gospel, baby. And does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away. And then he says, and what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root and endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, the person immediately falls away. As for what's sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But when the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, it yields nothing. But as for the one that was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, in another thirty. What are the seeds? It's the message of the gospel. Spread out among the people. Proclaimed among the people. Jesus is the one who is the sower. Israel is the is the field in which He is sowing this seed. And some people hear the word and they don't think it through. They hear it, man, just bounces off of them like... Like throwing a a, a a rubber ball at a wall, they don't think about it at all. It doesn't occur to him. They, they don't even they don't give it a second thought. As an undergrad student or uh, as a teacher of undergrads, I used to see students who would receive um, uh, words like this. Anybody who's been in education has known, Jan, um, as a teacher, you throw it out there and it's like it, it hits and lands on the ground, right, Dr. Nettie, paying no attention at all. Difficult disciplines, you know, philosophy, sociology, aviation, theology. They hear it and all they're thinking about is going down to the purple parrot after Friday night, you know, like thinking about that cute girl or that really hot guy. They're not paying a bit of attention. It just bounces off. But it's not just undergrad students. Sometimes it's Adults. More fixated on Facebook or Instagram or cable news. And have no time to hear the gospel. The message of the gospel is hits and bounces off. Because there's not even any sense of, of openness to it. The, the next one is um, that, that sometimes it falls in places where people have great delight. Okay? And they receive it with great Joy. But they receive the gospel like a panacea for all their problems. Jesus has this magic wand and he works miracles. And so he's going to work miracles for me and everything in my life is going to be rainbows and puppy dogs from here on out. No, that is not the gospel message. Not even close. Following the gospel may actually cause more problems in one's life, not less. And So they hear this and immediately when trouble comes... They fall away. Life can have meaning, but not always does it have tranquility. You can have peace in the midst of chaos, that's for sure. But it doesn't mean that you won't have chaos. And then some seeds fall among the weeds. And Jesus says, "Um, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word. And it yields nothing. The cares of the world and the lure of wealth. It sounds so tawdry, doesn't it? It sounds so, oh my, I'm glad I'm not one of those people. But all of us have the cares of the world. Who doesn't have the cares of the world? Who doesn't have a a, a thought about how to save for the future? Who doesn't have to worry about, you know, are we going to have enough money to survive and to make it? Let me tell you, you could take your income to zero. You could have zero dollars. You could give up everything. And those would not go away. There are people who live on the streets. I see them all the time and I stop and talk to them and I give them some money. And I, I know that, they, but it gives me a chance to ask them what their name is and how can I pray for them. And, and, and to spend some time, just even if it's just a, a couple of minutes, and to let them know that somebody cares about them. But these people wake up in the morning with the cares of the world and the lure of wealth hanging over their heads every day. It's not about how wealthy or, or how poor you are you could have these. The issue is whether they become first in one's life. If the pursuit of, of, of comfort and ease becomes the primary concern of the world of the person's world. We can get so consumed in making an income, making a name for ourselves, having a career, taking care of the house or the kids or the grandkids, whatever it is, if we do such these things to such a degree that we lose sight of the eternal Then it's the cares of the world and the lure of wealth. Lastly, of course, there is the happily for the farmer and the people, (laughs) those seeds that fall upon good soil. It's been plowed, it's been prepared, so the seeds fall way down in where the birds can't get them, and there are no rocks, and there are no competitors for um, for nutrients or for sunlight, and they can just grow, grow deep roots, go way up into the sky. And produce a harvest. I think Jesus' sermon works in at least two ways. The first one has to do with mission. You and I as disciples, our job is to carry forth this word of the gospel into the world. And for the gospel carrier, for the disciple, missioner, as we go about our lives and go into the world with this gospel message... The thing that we have to realize and and focus on is that we do it. Not the results of how it works. You know, not our cleverness, not our wits, not our ability to to create in people um, a desire to follow Jesus, but simply the delivery of this message. That we're to carry forth this gospel word into the world. Sometimes it's going to fall on hard soil. Sometimes it's going to fall among people who are like, oh, this is a great answer to all my problems. And then they'll quickly fall away. Sometimes it'll, it'll fall among people who will grow up, but then the cares of the world will choke it out. But you know what? Sometimes it's going to fall in good soil. And people are going to turn and follow Christ. And lives are going to be changed. And men and women, boys and girls, will have a different way of living because of the word that we spread. The second way that it works is personal. We're all farmers. And we all get to cultivate our own soil. The soil of our own hearts. And maybe we can recall a time when um, when the cares of the world did kind of come along and choke out the word. Maybe we can recall a time where we get upset because life didn't go our way and because Jesus didn't answer all our problems and make every every difficulty go away. Maybe we can remember a time where, you know, we sprang up with joy, but then the sun came and it was really difficult to hold on. So in our own lives, that we can all have all four types of soil at any time. And what we can do if we remember a time where where the Word of God was more tender to us where we were more forgiving, more gentle, more apt to do what it was that Christ called us to do, maybe what we need to do is cultivate a little soil. Break up that rocky ground. You know, get get the donkey and the plow out and make it so that when the Word of God comes to us, it lands with gentleness upon our hearts. And we hear it and respond. I guess what I'm saying is that we're all farmers of a sort. And we all have fields, the fields of our own hearts for plowing. We're sower and we're plower. We're doing both of these for the world and for ourselves. I think Jesus would say, And anyone who has ears should listen. Amen.